who are the top 10 most trustworthy Giants. That plus an exclusive interview with Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, New York Giant fans? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana. Happy Friday to everybody. We made it to the end of the week. It's finally here. We're going to have a football game to talk about. I can't wait. I'm hoping the rest of you can't wait either. We'll see how the Giants have come along in the summertime and if they are ready to step on the same field and be competitive. Fingers crossed that they are. On today's show, we're going to talk about the 10 most trustworthy giants. Um, I put together a list of 10. You know, I tried to rank the list, but I got to admit, I had all kinds of trouble trying to rank it because everybody is just so trustworthy. Basically, every player is to a degree, but these are the guys that I feel are the biggest ones that we have to pay attention to. So we'll look at those 10 guys that I've identified. And then coming up later in the show, you will see my entire interview with wide receiver Sterling Shepard. Shepard is involved with Pepsi Cola. They have a new promotion out, and he's going to tell you all about that as part of the interview coming up. That'll be in segment three. And before we start counting down the list of giants, the most trustworthy giants, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. I know a lot of you have sent in questions for the mailbag, thinking we're going to do a mailbag today. I have those questions. We're going to do a Twitter Tuesday next week. So the plan as of right now is we're going to do um, a recap of the game on Monday. We will do an instant reaction on uh, Sunday night. I'll have a quick short as well as an update on Saquon Barkley once we know for sure if he's in or out. I have the feeling he's going to be in, by the way. And then Tuesday, we will do a Twitter Tuesday. And then next Wednesday, I believe we have the crossover show. Um, and then Thursday, the Giants are down in Washington to face the Washington football team. So short work week next week, but we're going to make it work. We're going to do um, the best we can. And uh, I also hope to have another interview coming up. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm working on getting this interview together, but it's someone I think y'all will enjoy hearing from. All right. So that's the lineup here on the Lachlan Giants podcast. Let us go right in now to the list of the top 10 most trustworthy giants. If you agree or disagree, let me know in the comments below. All right. Up first, I'm going to go with center Nick Gates. Now, Nick Gates, who was just voted a captain this year, what a story that guy has had. He was an undrafted free agent out of Nebraska, landed on injured reserve. I think he had an elbow ailment, if I'm not mistaken, as a rookie. So we didn't hear much from him as a rookie, although I remember uh, writing about him during uh, the spring and during the early part of training camp before he went down with the injury. I remember writing his number down a lot. Uh, because he was just jumping out at me for for things he was doing on the field. But what a story for Nick Gates, a guy who has just been one of the most underrated giants, I think, on this roster, transformed himself from a college left tackle into an interior lineman, has done a great job with center. And oh, by the way, did I mention he's one tough hombre? 
I mean, who else do you know would have the guts to get go and mix it up with Aaron Donald of the Rams? I don't know very many people that would. So, um, yeah, if if I ever get into a fight or into a foxhole, I'd I'd want Nick Gates on my side. I mean, he's he's a sweetheart of a guy. Actually, uh, got to know him before he uh, made the transition over to center. Um, just a sweetheart of a guy off the field. But boy, what a terrific story for Nick Gates and a guy who, who's tough. He plays uh, through all kinds of ailments. He's a guy you can depend on, and he's just getting better and better with recognition, making the line calls and all that good stuff. So definitely got to put him on the list when you're talking about the most trustworthy New York Giants. All right, up next, kicker Graham Gonneau. Okay, you're figuring, no brainer, right? You're going to put the kicker on here. but. Gano, for whatever issues I had with him about his kickoffs, and I mentioned that earlier in the week when I was doing my review of the Giants' position units, Graham Gano, if you need uh, if you need points and you're within striking distance, like I'm talking 55 yards and closer, chances are he's going to come through for you. And while I like to say, and I know I say this a lot, while I like to say that field goals aren't going to cut it, Sometimes you got to take a field goal. You got to take the points. And how nice is it to know that Graham Gano is going to usually go out there and he's going to give you stress-free kicking. All right. Up next, most trustworthy Giants, defensive back Logan Ryan. All right. Another team captain. Whether you put him at safety, at cornerback, in the slot, at the star, whatever the case might be, Logan Ryan is going to give you some quality snaps. And he proved that last year when he came over um, after making the transition from cornerback to safety and didn't miss a beat. So Logan Ryan, definitely a guy who who's trustworthy, a guy you want to have on the field as much as possible, a guy who's going to make plays for you. And above all, this is a an X factor, if you will, something we don't really talk about a whole lot. He's a guy who's going to settle that back end of the defense down. You know, the veteran voice, the calming voice, he's going to settle those guys down if things get, you know, if a guy gets beaten, for example. I mean, how many times have we seen Logan Ryan go over to a guy and, you know, kind of pat him on the backside and say, hey, you know, just forget about it. Go and get him on the next one. So Logan Ryan, a guy, obviously, you want to have out there, a guy you can trust to have out there, a guy who's not going to make very many mistakes that will hurt you. All right, the next guy on our list, Blake Martinez. Okay, you see a trend here? I'm going with defensive guys here because the Giants' defense this year really is a strong unit. But don't worry, I do have offensive players coming up on the list. Um, Blake Martinez, the tackle machine. Now, it's interesting because I can remember when the Giants first signed Blake Martinez as an undrafted free agent a couple years ago. I remember getting an email from a, from a follower of mine who's very much into the X's and O's, and his reaction was, oh, my God, what are the Giants doing? Martinez blows. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, you know, when you go back and you look at Martinez's film from his days with Green Bay, I can see why, why there was some concern about Martinez's play. But after he explained how he was used as more of a cleanup type, of linebacker, which is why a lot of his tackles were coming seven or more yards down the field, kind of made sense. And, you know, you look at Martinez and the job he did last year, 
between calling the defense, between, you know, making most of his tackles closer to the line of scrimmage. I don't think anybody's sitting there now and saying that this guy blows. I'm sorry. He doesn't. He's He's been re- reliable, um, hasn't missed much time due to injury. The guy you want out on that field time and time again. All right. The next guy on the list of most dependable giants, cornerback James Bradbury. Now, just imagine, folks, if teams targeted James Bradbury a lot more than they do. Of course, they'd be kind of stupid if they did, because James Bradbury's just been that good. He's been your classic shutdown cornerback, and it's been a while. I think you'd have to go back to the heyday of Janoris Jenkins since the Giants have had a shutdown cornerback. James Bradbury is that guy. He's a guy who's not going to get targeted a lot, and uh, he's a smart player, a guy who can make plays when the ball does come his way, and he's pretty good at run support. Did I mention that? You know, that's a, that's a factor when we talk about cornerbacks. Doesn't get talked a lot, a whole lot, but it really needs to be part of the conversation. James Bradbury, a solid run defender, and just a reliable guy you want to have out on the field for every snap. And he and the Giants do put him out there for the majority of the snaps, if not every snap on defense. So we'll see if that trend continues. All right, we got five more on our list of the top 10 most dependable giants. We're going to get to those in just a moment. And then still to come here on the Locked on Giants podcast, we have the exclusive interview with Sterling Shepard, who I spoke with earlier this week. He's involved with a new promotion with Pepsi. He's going to tell us about that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about football. We've covered a wide range of topics. Some of you might have seen the article on Giants Country. We just touched upon a few of the topics in that article. There's a lot more that I didn't get a chance to write about. It didn't fit in that article. But you will hear the entire interview coming up later on in this program. But first, Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. You can choose from nine amazing flavors, both in the nut and nut-free varieties. And for a limited time, when you enter our special promo code LOCK15, you will receive 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com. Check them out, folks. They've got some great flavors right now. They've got other great products. They've got puffs. They've got um, immunity boosts. Really a tremendous product line. Check them out and uh, put together your customized order today at Built.com. All right. We continue our list of the top 10 most dependable giant players. And, you know, putting this list together, I felt kind of bad leaving guys off, but um, these are the guys who I think really stood out to me for one reason or another. And um, I have a couple more guys on defense. I know there's been kind of a, a run on defense, but remember, I didn't really put this in any particular order because it's really hard to just say, you know, to prioritize this guy over that guy. So I, I, you know, I tried and then I just, I just gave up. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. But anyway, on the list, so we'll kick it off with Dexter Lawrence, the second. Now, Dexter Lawrence, I've said before, one of the most underrated guys on the Giants defense, a guy who doesn't get a lot of name recognition, doesn't get his name called very often, but he does so many things well from the run defense, you know, plugging up the run in lanes in the interior. And yes, he can even push the pocket to create pressure on the quarterback, which 
I think is is something that he's going to continue to show in his game. And it's a very underrated aspect of his game. So Dexter Lawrence would definitely make this list of underrated giant players uh, that I put together. All right. Next up, we've got Dexter's limeate, Leonard Williams. Right now, Leonard Williams is the undisputed pass rushing king, the most established pass rusher on the Giants. You know, you have on the uh, edge, you've got Lorenzo Cardo, Shane Zimenez, Aziz Ojolari. Those guys might very well end up leading the team in sacks this year. We don't know that just yet, but until further notice, this is Leonard Williams's world. And how often, by the way, do you find a defensive lineman who not only can rush the passer, but who can play the run as well as Williams has done so? I mean, when you find a guy like that, they don't grow on trees. And for those of you who back then were asking, well, why did the Giants prioritize re-signing Leonard Williams and not necessarily Dalvin Tomlinson? That's why, folks, because Leonard Williams can play the run. He can rush the passer. He can even drop back in coverage. That's not something you want to see him do very often, but the few times they've asked him to do that, he's been pretty good at it. So Leonard Williams definitely, definitely deserves a spot on this list. All right, next up on the list, we have, actually for the the rest of the list, we have offensive players. So I have tight end Kyle Rudolph. Now, Kyle Rudolph has yet to play a game for the New York Giants, preseason or otherwise, obviously. But that red zone production, when you look at how the Giants struggled in the red zone last year, how they have struggled the last couple of years in the red zone, and then you look at how Rudolph, over 80% of his touchdown passes have, uh, I'm sorry, over 80% of his touchdown receptions have come in the red zone. He's got to be on this list. So if he can continue that pace for the Giants, I fully expect the Giants offense to score more than 20 points this year, which by the way, if they want to be in the postseason, the number to shoot for per game, the average number of points to shoot for is about 25. Because last year, and I looked this up, the majority of the playoff teams or the teams that went deep into the playoffs averaged 25 points or more per game. The Giants, as as, as everybody knows, they were averaging somewhere around 17.1, I think it was. I think it was 31st ranked scoring offense behind the Jets. That's not going to cut it. Kyle Rudolph, I think, is going to help the Giants in that regard. So he's got to be on this list for sure. All right. Next up on my list, I have Sterling Shepard. And Shepard, again, if you listen to my show on Monday, I spoke about how Shepard was probably the most underrated guy on the Giants offense. He's an outstanding slot receiver. And I'm really hoping the Giants play him more in the slot this year than they did the last two years. Why they moved him out of the slot to begin with, you know, I get it. They they brought in, um, you know, Golden Tate and which I thought, you know, and in retrospect was kind of a mistake because you had two guys that basically could play the same position. And Shepard, to me, you know, nobody is better than finding the soft spot in the zone on the Giants receiving core, at least based on what we've seen so far. He is a master at that. He plays the game tough, not afraid to go over the middle. Um, His hands are pretty much reliable solid route runner, very underrated part of this Giants offensive attack. Sterling Shepard, if he could stay healthy, now that's been his biggest problem. 
So you might say, okay, well, how can you put him on the list of being trustworthy if he's not staying healthy? If he's healthy, he belongs on this list. All right. Number one, before I get to number one, there's somebody who didn't make this list and it was a tough call. It was a toss up and I'll explain why he wasn't on the list. But first I'm going to tell you who did make the list and why he's on the list. Saquon Barkley is on the list, all right, ahead of Daniel Jones. And I'll explain why I have Barkley and not Jones. Barkley, even though he is coming off of an injury, is just a phenomenal talent. If he gets anywhere close to being the player he was as a rookie, that Giants offense is going to be phenomenal. Now, of course, that's contingent on Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, making use of Barkley's talents and not just, you know, sending him up the middle on every play, which isn't going to really help the Giants that much. Um, Some misdirection plays, you know, get him out in space, isolate him against smaller linebackers and defensive backs. All that's going to help the Giants. All right. So Saquon Barkley, I have a feeling that if he is healthy, if he is ready to go this weekend, he's going to be on a pitch count, no question about it. But the opportunities as they start to come are going to be amazing. And he's going to do some really good things in that Giants offense. Okay, so now you're probably wondering, why didn't Daniel Jones make my list? Nothing against Daniel. I like Daniel. I think Daniel can be a very good quarterback. Need to see it, obviously. You know, still making some mistakes. Um, I'm not looking for perfection necessarily, but some of the mistakes that he made in his preseason outing were mistakes that you wouldn't really expect a, a quarterback at entering his third season to be making. But um, I need to see more from Daniel Jones. And I'm not just talking about with the turnovers. I'm talking about with the processing. The thing with Daniel Jones and his mental processing, which is something I know a lot of people besides myself have spoken about. A lot of people talk about play action pass. And why don't the Giants use it more? And I think a reason why the Giants haven't used a whole lot of play action is because maybe Daniel Jones isn't processing as quickly as he needs to in order to run play action. So I'm very interested to see if that changes this year. You know, it's his second year in the system. He's supposedly been making better reads, quicker reads in practice. Now, how much of that is because he's been going against his own defense? I don't know. but. Um, I would like to see them use more play action pass with Daniel Jones. And that would be a really good test to see how he does with post snap processing, which has always been one of his uh, vices, if you will. So Daniel Jones, not including him on this list, you know, look, I like the running ability, although I'll be honest with you. I don't think I want to see him leading the Giants running backs in rushing. Um, I don't want to see him with you know 500 yards rushing even though I know it can help the team I get a little nervous when Jones becomes a runner because all it takes is one massive hit from somebody and now what do the Giants do with quarterback so I'm old fashioned like that I prefer my quarterbacks to stay in the pocket only use their legs if they have to and leave the running to the running backs those guys are you know that's what they do so Daniel Jones didn't make the list but I think he's he's definitely indispensable because if, God forbid, he has to miss time, 
the Giants would then have to go to Mike Glennon, who has a strong arm, doesn't necessarily have the athleticism of a, of Daniel Jones, which I think could be a problem. And, you know, I just think there would be something of a drop-off if Jones couldn't play and Glennon had to go in there. So I guess, you know, maybe we just expand the list to 11 players. I don't know. There's there's more, obviously, on this list that, that I could have included, but um, Daniel Jones... That it was a toss-up between him and Saquon Barkley. And I, I just, I gave the nod to Barkley. So it is what it is. All right, Giant fans, coming up on the Locked on Giants podcast, my exclusive interview with Sterling Shepard. That was a Zoom call that we did the other day. So you can check that out coming up next. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code LOCKEDON, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, in just a moment, I'm going to play for you my interview with Sterling Shepard. And again, this was recorded earlier in the week. It was recorded on Tuesday. Sterling has a new promotion he is involved with, uh, with Pepsi Cola, and he's going to tell us about it on the interview. And if you check out the article that I wrote that published on uh, Thursday on Giants Country, I touched a little bit upon what uh, Sterling had to say in that interview, but there were so many more topics that didn't make it into that article. You will see the entire interview coming up now. You were part of the last Giants playoff team back in 2016, and I know it's early. I know every team is different, but when you look at the 2021 squad and how that's shaping up, do you see a lot of characteristics from the 2016 team, the winning characteristics and, and the things that made that team so successful with this 2021 team? Yeah, I mean, like you said, everything is every season is different. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely see a team. And I, when I think about that team, I think about uh, how good our defense was. And I feel like we have the personnel. Everything looks good on paper. Um, but as you know, it comes down to putting in the work. And uh, that's what I feel like, guys have been doing. I mean, camp went really well for us. And uh, some of the joint practices really helped us uh, find our identity as a team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see some of those same characteristics uh, it just really comes down to the work that we put in week in and week out. And um, I mean, it's huge, like being able to fix problems that that happen one week and then fix them re really quickly. What kind of a difference has it meant for this team? I mean, last year you didn't have a spring. You didn't really have a normal training camp. You certainly didn't have a preseason. How much of a difference did, do you think that made this year in, in setting the team up for the for week one and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was because a lot of things were virtual. Uh, so you really didn't get that camaraderie that you usually get um, throughout the offseason. And, um, you know, being able to see the guys, being able to be around the coaches and um, really get to see them face to face. I think that was huge for us and um, will help us with this second year in, in, in these new systems that we've had um, that will help us progress and grow in those. When you, um, despite the fact you didn't get to see, you're still 
a veteran leader. I mean, you are the longest tenured guy and don't look a day over 30, which of course you're not. Um, That said, you know, can you just speak about the leadership in the locker room and how that developed last year? I mean, you know, teams, a true test of a team is when you go through the hard times, sometimes Mm -hmm. the team will fall apart. Sometimes it'll stick together. Last year, you guys had some rough patches. You stayed together. So can you just talk a little bit about the, the leadership, how that developed and how that has matured since last year? Yeah, I mean, that's the mentality that we wanted to have as a team, no matter no matter through the ups and the downs that we were going to stay with each other and we we're going to keep grinding. And I mean, I think that's what everybody saw from that team and kind of what Coach Judge has implemented in this program is that we're going to fight um, no matter what happens on the field. And that's what I saw from the guys. We went through that rough patch of I don't know how many games we lost in a row, uh, but towards the end of the season, you saw guys that n- nobody quit. And uh, I've been a part of teams where uh, you could see kind of guys kind of laying down a little bit. And um, I didn't sense that at all from from the guys last season. And it's honestly helped us go into this season. The season's different, um, but I think it, it helped propel us into to this season. You know, not, not to diss what the Giants have had at receiver in the past, but it just seemed like when you watched the past distri- distribution, certain guys seem to be the guys that the quarterback went to every week. This mm-hmm. this year, you have a, a bigger selection, if you will, a lot more talent, a lot more diversity on that. And I'm just wondering how much of an advantage is that for an offense to know that, okay, you don't have to be the guy that, you know, Kenny doesn't have to be the guy that Evan doesn't have to be the guy and so forth. Yeah, it just takes pressure off of uh, an individual. Um, you look at some of the best teams around the league, they have multiple different weapons that um, it, it makes it super hard on the defense to just key in on one guy. You have to look out for everybody. So um, it, it honestly frees everybody up to kind of win their individual matchups. and. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of selfless guys that uh, want to see everybody else succeed. And um, I think that's huge for a team. And, um, you know, if we can if we can gel it all together, then I think it could be something special. You spoke about um, the growth and uh, of the of the team without giving too much away, obviously, because I know you can't. But how much different do you think this offense is going to be from what we saw last year when really the coaches were kind of getting a feel for who did what well and who didn't? Yeah, I mean, everybody was getting feel for it. It was a new system. So <clears throat> I think the second year, everybody's able to relax and kind of knows what to expect within the system and knows how the coaches want things ran. And um, I think naturally it, it'll look a lot cleaner um, as, as long as we do what we're supposed to do. I mean, that that's what I always come back to because it's super true. Like we have to be able to to work throughout the week and, and work in a correct way. So um, as long as we're able to do that, I mean, this should, it, it should run um, smoother than it did last season. But like I said, it comes down to that. Yeah. Now, a cu- couple more before we get to the Pepsi campaign. How, have, how has Coach Joe Judge grown from last year? Um, I mean, Coach Judge is one of the guys that he's going he's gonna to be himself uh, no matter what. Um, but I think. You know, he's he's learned in different areas, you know, what worked well. I mean, they sit down as a staff after the season and kind of go through some of the things that uh, didn't work well for us last season. And so he's he's done a good job of um, identifying those things and 
um, and, you know, working on them this season, uh, you know, from a practice standpoint and, um, yeah, just some things that worked well for us week in and week out throughout the season. And what about Daniel? You know, a lot has been said about Daniel and his growth and how this has to be the year he takes that step. Do you see that in him? Do you do you think he's on the the doorstep of taking that step? Uh, I think I think it comes down to the surrounding cast. It's not just one guy that um, that makes things go for the offense. I think that it, it comes down to the line. The line has to protect him. The the receivers we have to get open. Uh, it's a collective effort, and uh, it's not just on one guy. So we have to do our part in helping him out, and um, you know. He's he's he does everything the right way. I mean, I've been staying with him for over camp and um, I mean, just to watch how he works day in and day out. Um, you know, he he's definitely one of those guys that's going to put forth put forth his best foot. Now, before I ask you about the Pepsi campaign, you just brought something up because I read an article about how receivers are attackers and they're considered they're actually an important position group to help the offensive line to help the quarterback, you know, you mentioned getting open. What are some of the other ways that you guys as receivers can help the quarterback and the offense in general? Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at defense nowadays, it's really up front heavy. I mean, it, there's a lot of time and money spent on the guys up front rushing the quarterback. So uh, knowing that us as receivers, we have to be able to get open really quick and, um, you know, sometimes it's tight coverage, but we have to be able to make those contested catches. And that helps out uh, the quarterback, helps out the line if we can get the ball out quickly. So, um, yeah, those are just some of the ways that that we can help the offenses as a whole. OK, now let's talk a little bit about this Pepsi campaign. This is the made for Giants watching dot com with mm-hmm. Pepsi in partnership. Tell me about why you were drawn to this campaign. Yeah, I mean, I was drawn to the campaign because I just like the fact that Pepsi is always considering the fans. I mean, I look at them on game day whenever I'm I'm driving in for the game and how much time and effort they put into their their tailgates. It's almost as much time and effort, it seems like, as I put into to my game day uh, on Sunday. So I just like how they always uh, consider the fans. And uh, yeah, like you said, I'm doing the the campaign, the made for giants watching campaign. And um, yeah, that's just basically sharing that with them. Some of my different favorite uh, recipes on game day and uh, pairing it with a Pepsi. All right. Now tell me about some of your favorite recipes. Cause I started to look through the videos and uh, there's some interesting ones there. So which ones would you recommend and which ones do you really, really like? Yeah, mine probably are the, uh, my favorite is, uh, the bacon cheeseburger sliders. Uh, that's something like I, I can eat a bunch of those and then pairing that with the Pepsi. If it, I mean, you think about it, it's like food, Pepsi and football. Like there's no, no better way to celebrate game day than that. That recipe, by the way, I happen to see that one. I, that yeah. one was very, very interesting. I, I might have to try that one. Yeah. What other one did you like? That one really jumped out yeah. at me, you know, because because I, I was like looking at it and it's amazing what you can do with, um, you know, Pepsi, um, the, the, the base flavor of it. And it just, you know, barbecue ribs. I know I've used uh, Pepsi to make barbecue mm-hmm. ribs in the past to get that nice caramel caramelization, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. it's it's just cool to experiment with um, with different ingredients mm-hmm. and come up with different ways. And 
I tell you, I, I tried them on ribs and oh my God, that was so good. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Pepsi is good with everything. <laughs> Pepsi is good with everything. All right, my friend, thank you so much for the time. It was good to see you face to face and hopefully uh, we see you some more in the coming years. Stay healthy, stay well, and good luck to you in the season. Thank you so much. Good to see you. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget, on Monday, we will break down the Giants-Broncos season opener. Um, Hopefully, we will be talking about a Giants win. And then Tuesday is Twitter Tuesday. Check the show notes on how to participate in Twitter Tuesday. Have the email address below. Um, Next week, we will also have, of course, the crossover show. And again, I'm working on getting you another exclusive interview. So fingers crossed that comes to fruition. Once I know I have that in the books, I'll be able to tell you who it is so that you can tune in and expect that. So until then, be sure to tune in on Sunday on the YouTube channel. We'll have a quick update depending on what happens with Saquon Barkley. We'll have a quick post-game reaction and plenty more here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great weekend, everybody.